Carla, welcome to Boss. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Boss is my amazing executive interview series on LinkedIn. I interview my incredible executive network to help others learn, network, and pay it forward. First and foremost, I come from a family that left two countries, um, uh, both under sort of some sort of distress uh, and left and moved to other countries. And so um, that has taught me a lot of resilience. Being an immigrant is something that colors me quite a bit. Um, it has me think about, um, you know, empathy and putting myself in other people's shoes and really being curious about what other people think. So I would say, you know, empathy is another uh, thing that would describe me. The third I would say is um, authenticity. So, you know, I, I have a 13-year-old daughter. I always talk to her about being true to herself, being authentic to herself, um, because there's just no other way to be. I think everyone can kind of see through if you're, if you're not authentically you. And the last I would say is um, humility. I, I, I'm uh, hopefully after all these years good at knowing what I'm good at and and really, really knowing what I'm not good at and surrounding myself with people, both quite frankly, in my personal life and my business um, and in my career um, that can help me be better. I love it. And so to take it back even further and just knowing, you know, in the, the CMO role at City, um, which is so exciting and, and having had um, various, you know, different positions over the years, like how did you get to where you are now? I always put my hand up for the jobs that other people didn't want. Um, and in some cases, I didn't put my hand up for the job that other people wanted, but somebody wiser than me gave me the job. And at first I was like really upset about it. I, I actually remember distinctly when I first got to PepsiCo, um, I was asked to run the Quaker business, um, the, the cereal business, the ready to eat cereal business. And all I could think of is, wow, you know, like I wish that they had chosen me for the Gatorade job because Gatorade is such a big brand. And, da, da, da. and it was really interesting because I, I was so excited to, to get the job the, running the Quaker cereal business. But at the same time, over, you know, like I want that thing over there. And in retrospect, it was probably the single best decision that was made to put me in that role because it taught me things that I never would have gotten the depth of if I hadn't been in that role, if I had worked on the bigger brand like Gatorade, that's how I've gotten to where I am is literally like either on purpose, finding the job nobody else wants, putting their hand, putting my hand up and saying, I'll do that. Or I've been, been fortunate to be surrounded by people who can see that for me and have said, no, you know what, this is a better job for you. Trust me. A lot of times we get put in these situations where you know, people want to help us, but we don't see it. We see that they want to help us. We don't want to listen to them because we're always chasing something. And I think, you know, what has helped me is sometimes you just got to pause and trust either, you know, people that are, are trying to help you or the system itself, or, or, you know, there are moments where you put your hand up and you go, me for that one. Yeah, I'll take it. You know, building relationships is really, really, really important. I think people often think that networking is political. It's not in my mind. It, and, and I actually don't think of networking uh, in the same sense that many people do. I think of it as building relationships, accumulating different kinds of experiences along your career. And I would say, even when I left PepsiCo to go to Toys R Us, which was in and of itself inherently a, a risk, the way that came to me was not through a recruiter. The way that came to me was through somebody that I had worked with in the past years and years before at PepsiCo who knew the, the the CEO of Toys R Us and was like, hey, you've got to talk to her. So, you know, you really have to think about your relationships in different parts of your career and nurture them because they become important as you as you continue your journey. I love that. And so 
we're still in a pandemic. Like how do people, how do people like knock on virtual doors? It's very interesting. I would actually tell you on at face value, I think folks might say it's harder because it's virtual, but I would actually say that um, what has happened as a result of, of us being virtual is two things. One leaders have found their, have found their empathy. I don't know if there's a better way to say it. Like they found that this notion of helping other people, putting yourself in other people's shoes, wanting to be curious about what other people are going through is actually the way to enlightened leadership. And so they're more willing, I think, to help people. The other is folks have more time. Having said that, I would tell you if somebody gives you the time, knowing that their time is precious, don't waste it. I'm going to use the word empathy. I use it all the time. Um, And I would tell you that it has been, up until probably this pandemic, the most undervalued, I think, quality of a leader. The other, I would say, is a clear sense of purpose. And I get, again, this, this word just keeps getting batted around, right? Ever since the business roundtable decided that, you know, stakeholders weren't just shareholders, they were communities, they were our employees, they were colleagues. Um, you know, we started talking a lot about purpose, but I would say um, purpose is not just for brands, it's for leaders, right? So really understand what is your purpose as a leader? What do you want to bring to the table? What do you, um, what do you, uh, what's your value proposition, right? What, what, why are you better? What's your secret sauce than somebody else? And I think having a clear sense of purpose about the kind of leader you want to be becomes really important. But then also having a very clear sense of purpose for your brand is is critical as well, right? And so from, you know, from my perspective, I just think it's, it's high time for companies to use their balance sheets for good. And I think consumers and clients and other constituents are really expecting that. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we can do things way faster than we thought we could. So when we all had to pivot, it became very, very clear that we could do the same kind of strategic thinking and the same kind of effectiveness and diligence, but we could do it much, much faster. You know, when COVID first hit, it was, well, we're not going to be able to do any of our, you know, sponsorships. How do we take some of that money and pour it into the community? Those things, we just turned on a dime. How do you think about the future of socially responsible business? I just don't think that you can be a company today without thinking about what why you exist beyond just the literal transactional business that you're in. Right. And, um, and, and it's not just because um, people are demanding it, it's because it's the right thing to do. Right. And so, you know, we always talk about what do you want your legacy to be as a person? We also want to think about what do you want your legacy to be as a brand and as a firm? Right. And, and really at, at its most basic, it's leaving humanity in the world in a better place than when you first got there. A couple of years ago, when I first got to the to, to city, um, we announced our pay numbers and the numbers were not pretty, right? They were not pretty at all. Um, and, and it's in fact, our, our CEO, those, those are his words, not mine, right? Uh, our outgoing CEO in our raw pay that, you know, men and women um, were not getting paid, um, were not getting paid the same and they weren't getting paid the same. The gap came from the fact that women were not at, we didn't have enough women in high, high paying positions. And so we decided that we, you know, we weren't going to be okay with that. And so to hold ourselves accountable, we didn't just talk about it internally. We actually talked about it externally. We were the first American firm or American company to actually 
published the, the, the pay gap numbers. And that was, you know, a you know, scary thing if you think about it, but it was the right thing to do. One, because it sent a signal to the outside world that we were looking at this very seriously and we were committed to it, but it also sent an, a message to our internal you know, constituents and our colleagues that this was also something that we were going to fix. And we know during the first quarter of 2021, around 41 women or so are leading Fortune 500 companies. It's around just 8.2%, but an improvement. Um, I know that Citi announced uh, in September that Jane Frazier will become CEO in 2021, making her the very first woman to lead a major U.S. bank. Uh, we also saw that Walgreens announced Roz Brewer as CEO, making her the only Black female CEO in the Fortune 500. Data, speak to me about this. Data is so powerful, right? When you, it doesn't lie. When you have it, you have a responsibility to do something with it. And so for us, actually, data <clears throat> is empowering. Um, because moving the needle on these kinds of complex issues that you just asked about, it's, it's actually no small feat, right? It's a really, really big feat. And I, I think corporations hold a tremendous amount of power, but with that power comes responsibility. Data for us actually holds us accountable. Um, because it's transparent, because you can't you can't lie about the data. It's why actually we publish our raw pay gap. It's why we published our raw pay gap. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> One piece of advice for future bosses. Trust your gut. One thing you'll commit to do in 2021 to help pay it forward. Mentor more people than I do already. We're in a really, really important moment in time uh, as as leaders, I think, and uh, and as marketers, quite frankly. And I think we have an ability right now to really shape the conversation of what's happening to help our businesses and our leaders in our organizations really think about why we exist beyond, like I said, just the transactional sort of um, operational things that we do. And, and that drives meaningful change in, in the future. Thank you again. Bye, everyone.